local lingual listeners welcome back to a special episode of the local lingual podcast episode two of the teacher's lounge series if you have not checked episode one out uh you need to do yourselves a favor you need to go back and you need to listen to that episode today i'm joined by a very special educator uh she helped spark my educational pathway helping me become the teacher that i am today so she's known me since day one well, since day zero like that pd session like before i even stepped foot on campus ladies and gentlemen today i have with me miss lacy holocker welcome to the local lingual podcast welcome to the teacher's lounge well, thank you for inviting me. I'm super excited that you reached out to me and you said all those nice things introducing me. But <laughs> I do have to say you were a high flyer from day one. So I can't take all the credit because I I literally almost cried my first time watching you. I'm like, oh, he's a natural. Thank you so much. So thank I can't you. take that credit. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I keep saying nice things about me. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So um, let, let's talk. Let's talk about your educational journey, how you ended up um, how you ended up teaching in the Valley. Like, how did that start? What happened? Okay. So I actually, you know, my whole life as a kid, you always play teacher and I always was the teacher in the room, any situation. And then once you get older and you start having friends that need help, then I always became everybody's tutor. And always like, even in college, I had professors that were like, Hey, can you set up a tutoring session? They don't understand me, but they'll understand you. That's and right. so that kind of always happened, but I was in this like denial of not mm -hmm. wanting to be a teacher until my summer, I, I spent a year abroad in Puerto Rico mm -hmm. and that whole year I did nothing but like have fun. And I just, normally I was very involved in community service and giving back and doing stuff that I just felt like I'm not ready to go home. I've done nothing the whole year. You've been a benefit to society. And so I found a program in Peru. Mm -hmm. called like uh, Bruce Peru and it was teaching, but I mean, it was not, not what we think of education because it was like, yes, we had a school, but the school was like cardboard and tarps and, oh, wow. you know, the school recruited kids that were like selling in the street. And so they would try to talk to their parents about the ports of education. And so that's what really changed my whole life was that one summer experience teaching because it was like, you know, I'm like in tears crying, like they have to pay for books and they have to pay for uniforms and, and they have to pay tuition to go to school. And we, we just take all of this for granted in the U S and, yeah. and so that just really like changed everything for me. Like my whole life plan was changed instantly that summer because then I realized, you know, after like the, the town that I worked with, they're like, you're the, you know, you've made the biggest impact there. I was like, writing stuff out and who knows what I was doing. I was makeshifting everything as you can believe, but they're like, you know, you made such a big difference for our kids. I got two kids to enroll in their like national school. Oh and then God. that organization helped pay for the, some of the costs, but then they still had the parents pay. And so it was just like this big emotional time period. And so then when I came back home, that was my junior year of college. I was like, Oh, my whole life has just changed. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. I just, I still, I graduated and then I got my uh, um, alternative certification program. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, being in Puerto Rico that year, I got used to the sun and the beach and was like, you know what? I'm not going to go home to Oregon. I'm coming to either Texas or Florida because I just got a <laughs> taste of it. Yeah. And so that warmth, the warmth and the 
climate and the friendliness like got me down here. But then it's like this community is just so family centered. Yeah. And so that's what's kept me here because it's like everyone's so welcoming and I don't know. It's like you, you, I mean, we worked on a campus together before yes. and yeah, yeah. I can say it's like a family. Like Definitely. I still think about everybody's a family and I've felt that way at the previous district I worked in, in the Valley. It's just like, you get very close to the people here. I don't know yeah. how to explain it. It's just like I, a feeling. I can't really put it into words because I have taught outside of the Valley and it's not quite the same. Exactly. Right. Like what we lack in, I guess, like, recreational like activities and like you know all of like the different i don't know different like businesses and stuff like we make up for in just spending time with each other that's awesome like i can't i can't imagine like my junior year of college my junior year of college i was still unsure of what i wanted to do like i was already in that education like track i had converted over to education from radio television film and i still can't um, like i can't just wrap my head around the fact having that kind of impact before you've even stepped foot in a classroom so like that's incredible like that's i mean i'm like i'm kind of speechless right now like hearing hearing that story but as as far as education goes did you have a did you have a teacher that like profoundly impacted you because you you had mentioned that you never really wanted to be an educator although like you were a constant educator did you have a teacher that you like looking back on now might have like kind of influenced you might have kind of opened your mind up to education and possible teaching in the future i've had several because okay. i i i was a you know my mom was a single mom Dad was in and out, but my mom was young and not around very much. So I didn't have that family closeness being raised. Mm -hmm. And so it's like school was my outlet as growing up. They were like, I specifically had one teacher and I was lucky enough to have him sixth grade. Mm -hmm. And then he transferred to like the local middle school. And then I had him again for another year, like pivotal year in middle school. Yeah. And so his name was Mr. Roach. and, And that was in Fresno, Clovis, California. Mm-hmm. And so he was very impactful because he like I got my first B and uh, mm-hmm. I wasn't very happy about that because I had all, all A's, but <laughs> it was in science nonetheless, which Ooh. I came on to become a science teacher. Yeah. But he told me, you earned an A, but this is not your best work. This is you. You didn't put a lot of time and energy into this and you can do better. So I'm giving you this because this is not your A. You know, he's yeah. like, this was this was not what you could have done. And so that was kind of like, oh, what? How dare you? And I was mad and upset. And but it was like really impactful, too, because it was like he pushed me farther than I knew because I wasn't used to being pushed. And and so it was just like that was one educator that definitely impacted me. And then I think so I I graduated with my business degree Mm -hmm. at University of Oregon. I had another professor my senior year capstone course, and it was like a leadership course. And he told me, he's like, you're not going to go into business. He's like, you're going to go into education. He's like, (laughs) called it. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, he's like, and every time we interact, he's like, you have this fundamental thing about you for service to others. And he's like, and your experiences in Peru, he's like, your experiences that I've watched you over the years in this class. He's like, he's like, you're going to go into education. I know it. (laughs) And so it was kind of like, what? (laughs) 
That's Here I am graduating with my business degree and you're telling me I'm not going to use it. It's amazing. Right? And that, the, the, yeah. That those people that are so invested in our lives that like they, they have this way of foreseeing the future of foreshadowing, like what's happening or what's going to happen. That's incredible. Which leads me to, right. Let's for, for the teachers that are listening to this, let's describe your role at the campus that we worked at because you had a very unique role I had never heard of that kind of role. Um, essentially, your job was to educate educators is the way that I saw it, right? I'm sure you could give a better definition of it, but like describe your role at the campus that we worked at. Okay, so when I worked with you, I had my, it was like the best position ever mm-hmm. because I got to impact so many teachers because we have like 75 on that campus. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you put it into great, that's, the way I explain it to my own children, they're like, what do you do? Are you a teacher? Yes. What do you teach? <laughs> Teachers. <laughs> and Which so is so true. Yeah. They're like, okay, so you're a teacher of teachers? Yes. That's the best way to put it. And so I loved it. It was the position itself was called an instructional coach, which was this pseudo you're part of the admin team but then you're really not part of the admin team because if you were then you wouldn't have you know the trust of the teachers because i don't know there's just it was just this position off to itself where you really got to do what's best for the for the teachers on campus and make the teachers look good exactly right like playing that playing that advocate role 100 percent now, yes, we, we won't dive into the fact that you were one of the one of the big voices in pulling me back to that campus after I uh, after I left, because that's a conversation that comes up during every meeting. Like my wife is still gloating about that, um, about the fact that she also helped wrote me in. Um, but let's talk about that year that I left, but not specifically focusing on on me leaving, but like COVID itself. Right. How have you personally seen? Because I know that I talked about it. Former co-host Vicente Lopez talked about it as well. But like, how have you seen the impacts of COVID kind of like pop up, especially now? Like, I feel like with this group of students and I mean, you can attest to teachers, right? Because you you are in more contact with teachers. Um, I feel like I'm still seeing the repercussions of COVID. Like they're not as... They're not as harsh as they once were, but I'm still seeing like these, like, I guess, residual effects of COVID. How have you seen it impact teachers? Okay, so yes, the residual effects are definitely still there and strong. Teachers that used to, you know, like you get in your routine and you know what's successful, you know what works for students. And then all of a sudden COVID comes and uh, none of that works anymore. It's all, everything's changed. And what was successful before is no longer successful. And, and, you know, the students have been through a lot of trauma and, and, you know, what they used to push for and keep going, they don't Mm -hmm. longer do anymore because the relevance of it, when you're trying to say like, you know, you need to pass this test and you need to do good, get an A in this class. And this is going to help you for college. And, you know, you say all those lines and all those motivating speeches as a teacher. Well, okay, a kid's gone through, you know, maybe loss of life of family members, loss of life of jobs, economical hardships to where what used to matter to these some students that it's not relevant anymore because they have bigger needs than, you know, the future. They can't process, you know, what's down the line when they're trying to survive day by day. And so for educators, it's turned their world upside down. Mm -hmm. Education is not easy. It is not getting any easier. No. 
it is definitely probably the hardest profession you can ever imagine because you know every day every class period it's all different and it's like yeah. you have to be a hundred percent on your a game every day to make a difference so it's it's definitely tough <laughs> yeah and it, it, it you're right it, and it takes a community to come back from it you know i feel like because we are a close knit community, like being in the valley, like we we're having an easier time. I mean, if we choose to right, um, uh, we're having an easier time relying on others. I know that I've I've seen a number of people that I graduated with that had planned on becoming educators. They're now um, exploring other fields, which, you know, more power to them. I know that uh, the the teachers that started during covid year, um, they're still going strong and they were able to push past it, which I know that I, I talk to them and tell them, you know, like I, I wouldn't be able to do the things that, that you did because I know my own personal experience. I mean, you're right. Like it, it had me second guessing whether or not this field was actually for me because it took the human element, you know, there's, there's just this, um, I don't know. When when you take the human element and you, then you add that screen in front of it and screens are so impersonal, like it just it kind of destroys your motivation for for even wanting to do something. And I think that was my my callback to uh, to go to go back to, you know, uh, that campus and, and reunite with those people that I had uh, that I had started with. I mean, so proceeding from that, right, stemming from that how how do teachers like how do teachers keep themselves calm how do teachers how do teachers find their balance because you're right education is is something that you invest 100% of your time in it's the only job where you come home and like you're still like you're still carrying that with you i mean i'm sure there are other professions like that right but like that's that's the one that we have experience with so how do teachers find balance between their personal life and their their work life well, I think of the beauty of the campus that you currently still work at, it's all about collaboration and coming together mm -hmm. so often. And I've been on lots of campuses, different districts, and you see it where teachers are in isolation. And yes, it seems nice and thought like, oh, I don't have to collaborate with anyone. I can just do my own thing. But then you're also taking in all your challenges and the yeah. workload. And there's just a lot to it where you do feel alone, you do feel isolated. And so the best thing is just this collaboration and build a community wherever you are. And yes, it's easier said on some places than others, because there's some campuses I work with now in my current district, where, you know, I talked to one teacher last week, and she has eight different preps. Nobody else teaches a single one of her preps. And so, yeah, yeah. And so for me, it's like, yeah, like, how do you build that community? And how do you build that? But there's definitely, you know, she was a electives teacher with a combination of music and uh, language courses. Oh, wow. And she has a very close ally that was like a culinary arts teacher. And, mm -hmm. and, and there's some commonalities that I was like bringing up to where they can collaborate. They can, they do have the same challenges. And so it's just find, finding and building that network and community to support you. Yeah. Because everyone's, even if you teach different courses, it's still, there's somebody out there doing it. Yeah. Or doing something similar that can help you through that struggle. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which I mean is is the reason why I wanted to I wanted to start the the teachers lounge series because although, you know, uh, when creating this pod, 
like I wanted it to be an outlet away from me to kind of de-stress. I, I still wanted that opportunity for for educators to kind of chime in and and give their two cents and give their experience and and motivate or rejuvenate those teachers who are kind of beginning to feel uh, burnout or they're just feel they're just they're just having a bad day. So with that, right, let's shift over from teachers back to students. Um, let's talk about specifically education in the Valley, because we work in districts or have worked in districts or work in a district where education is not the primary focus of a lot of these students. So how do educators, right? Pretend I'm, I'm a first year teacher again, which you actually had to do this, which I think is rad, right? But like, um, how do you encourage a teacher or how do you explain to a teacher the importance of education to, you know, one of the students specifically here in the Valley? I mean, that that's a very hard question because everyone's <laughs> situation is so different. Yeah. And so just to clump in all the students in the Valley into one way that you would approach is just impossible too, but it's, yeah. it comes down to that relationship. relationship. And so yeah. getting to understand like you as a teacher, you have an impact on this child's life. Like you could be positive or it can be negative. Mm -hmm. They might not have anybody else telling them, you know, oh, education is good for you. No, because, you know, just here in the Valley alone, you know, I have, you know, close family or whatever has mm -hmm. said somebody, okay. So somebody did not want their daughter dating somebody in my family because he was going to college. Mm -hmm. And they're like, how can he take care of you? when you graduate high school, what is he going to do to support you if he's going to college? Yeah. And it was because that immediate like need that financial need to work is yeah. there for a lot of families. And so, you know, that's one example, but there's so many different types of examples out there. And so it's hard to say, how do you motivate that? You know, how would you talk to that new teacher yeah. for students? It's like you have to know each student's situation. Yeah. And it's that individual relationship that you have that really makes an impact. Absolutely. Which you know all too well. It's, <laughs> because that it, is something that I Yeah. It's, it just feels you as an educator. Uh, thank you for that. No, I it's it's easier now than it was last year, right? Like referencing back COVID year. COVID year two years ago was incredibly rough. And then the kids that came out of that were you know, very closed off. They were high. They were, you know, highly emotional, um, quick to quick to strike and then have a conversation afterwards. I feel like the kids this year are still feeling those residual effects, but not to the same degree. They already had, you know, an entire school year to kind of recalibrate and reintroduce themselves to education. Um, you know, we, we heard a lot of really negative things about the kids that we were getting this year, but I mean, you know, granted it's, it could be because I have multiple preps. So I see different kinds of schools, right. Or different kind of students. Like they're, they're more open. They're more willing to, uh, they're more willing to talk. They're more willing to converse. And, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head when, when it comes down to education here in the Valley, there are those that you know, put a primary focus on it. And then there are those that put more focus on, on the workforce, uh, which, you know, is, uh, is, is definitely an interesting way of thinking. So with that, right. 
advice to new teachers, because we spent and I say we, you know, there was a a great number of teachers, you know, like you said, 75 teachers, 75 plus. I think we are now that that came in and out of your office um, on a daily basis. What are some words of advice, words of wisdom you could give to a teacher who is having a bad day, is currently like rethinking whether or not education is for them? Um, What advice would you give them? Again, I'm so like individualized. It's so hard. There's so much of it. It's like there's no other education. There's no other profession where you're going to make this much of a difference. And it's Mm -hmm. hard because in education, you don't see it immediately. Like you you're now at that point where you're having students that you taught graduate and maybe you'll hear back from them. Maybe you won't, but -hmm. maybe 15 years down the line, some kid's going to reach out to you and tell you like, Hey, you know, one day I was about to do this, but you really changed my life. And you said this. And so that happens each and every day with educators because you really have such power to impact kids every day. And so it's like just refreshing with the educators. Like I know it's hard right now, yeah. But do you know what kind of a difference that you're making? Like, no, not anybody can do this job. The fact that you're here says something that you want to make a difference in somebody's life. And, and so it's just, I don't know, you just kind of reframe and talk about the positive difference you're, they're making because yeah. Yeah. it's, it's easy to get taken down with negativity when you have all kinds of paperwork and meetings and, you know, evaluations and walkthroughs oh, and yeah. grades parent contacts and and you just it's easy to let the negatives take over but it just takes that one kid to come and tell you like what a difference you made and it's like okay it's all worth it it's all worth it (laughs) exactly right i still remember the new teacher it had like a fancy title right but it was that district event at the end of year one where they got all of the new teachers together and they like elaborated on their first year. Like we created like PowerPoints and, you know, um, like Google slide presentations and things like that. And we had them going while different admin and, and central office admin were, were walking around and, and talking with us about our first year. I still remember that you specifically went to um, all of our classes and got a student to say really nice things about us or paid students to say really nice things about us. And I still remember the student that you got the quote from is still like, he holds a special place in my heart because I remember at, it was sometime in like the third quarter. So we were over the halfway point of school. He, he walked up and told me, you know, like, sir, like you really sparked my love for, for reading again. Like I haven't enjoyed reading since elementary school. And I'm, thinking to myself, like, kid, we haven't read a single book in this class. Like, we've just been reading like little excerpts and little passages and short stories and essays and things like that. But like, we haven't read anything of like, like, we haven't read anything cover to cover and haven't been able to examine it, you know, the way that my English teachers would do back when uh, back when I was in high school. But I just I remember that moment and getting to experience that year one and hoping in the back of my head, hoping that, you know, you know, five, 10 years from now, there's, there's that, there's that moment that's shared with me again from a former student. I think, I think that that was a blessing. I think that that was awesome. So thank you for that. Uh, Cause that was, that was really, really rad. That was really, really cool. Especially, especially year one. And I can tell you, it doesn't matter who you are as an educator, you're going to have that experience. You just don't know when, 
Like you had one impact your first year. You know, I didn't have mine. It was like, I taught one sixth grade student called her mom in. She wanted to get out of my pre P class and go into an on-level class. And she was real upset about it. And I talked to her mom and was like, no, she just wants to hang out with some students that are getting in trouble. She doesn't want to be considered like the smart kid. Mm -hmm. And I kind of talked her mom out of moving her. And this girl stopped talking to me for the rest of the year, rolled her eyes, purposely failed things to try to prove to her mom that she was not able to complete pre-AP work. And so, and that was the rest of the year. I thought I made nowhere with this girl. Like she completely cut me off. The next year rolls around. She's no longer my student. I ask her in the hallway about her basketball game. I'm like, oh, I'm so happy you joined. Go to a basketball game. She's thinks I think she said something rude to me then too. Like, really? You think I want you to be at my game? Oh, Again, my <laughs> I'm getting nowhere with this girl, still nothing. But eighth grade rolls around and I um had asked for volunteers from a different class. And here comes this girl, and she sees two of my sixth graders kind of acting up, not wanting to do it. And she pulls them aside and gives them this speech of like you don't know what you're doing right now. I was there once I was making those same mistakes. And let me tell you, this teacher won't let you, she'll annoy you and like whatever. But it was like, that was my moment. And it was like, this girl still didn't even talk to me, but she's like preaching to others like about their future and everything. And so that was like my win, but that came three years later and I never had any kind of sign that this girl ever listened to anything I said. (laughs) So it's like, so with educators, it's there. Every single educator is going to have some kind of situation like that because you wouldn't be what doing what you're doing if you weren't impacting life, uh, students' lives in a positive way. And so it's just hard because you often don't hear about it. And so my advice to other educators is to like let it be known. Let your colleagues know what a difference they're making if you hear from students because that's what kind of gives us that fuel to keep going is when you get to see or hear those positive effects. Absolutely. And look, I think that there is no better note to end on. Thank you so much, Lacey, for joining us on the Local Label Podcast, Teacher's Lounge Edition. I appreciate your time. And I know, I know, I know for sure, because I'm going to spam the heck out of the teachers um, on my campus about this episode. I know that they're already appreciative of the things that you said. Thank you so much. Well, thank you again for having me. It was great reconnecting with you. I know we'll be in touch again too soon sometime hopefully (laughs) absolutely absolutely so thank you local lingual listeners for for listening and we'll see you on the next episode